Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, there are some things, as I said, that we want to get into tonight. And uh, as I was uh, preparing the first part of this week and and into the week, I kept uh, getting this phrase, and my spirit keeps saying it. And, uh, you know, I told Pastor Michelle something last Sunday. I said... uh, you know, I'm going to preach the word of faith harder and stronger than I ever have. I mean, I, I've never, y'all know me, you, many of you have been here 20 plus years. Uh, I've never backed off of, of doing it, and we're not going to. But the thing about principles that work is we've been teaching on Sunday mornings that series, In the, in the Consistency Lies the Power. And it's anything that you do consistently. If you want to know the, the power of anything, you have to consistently do it. All right, no matter what it may be, right? They're, they're, you know, I was talking with a guy one time in, in Bible school, and uh, he came and, and turned his book report books back in. And he said, I, I just, I don't like to read. I've never read, so, you know, I'm just not going to do it. Well, he doesn't like to read because he's never read. Once you start doing it, and you do it consistently, it becomes something you enjoy. Right? Amen. Uh, uh, have you ever heard this from somebody? Oh, I, well, I don't like vegetables. Well, because they don't eat them. Right? You, you eat them, you like them. Amen. Some of us, that's about all we eat is vegetables. Amen. But, but you know, and that is the most holy way to live. But anyway, no, I'm joking. But anyway, I'm joking. The, the, the point is you'll never know the consistency. Right? Every year... The uh, health industry makes immense amount of money because people make a what? A New Year's resolution. And they're going to get in shape. And so the first thing they do is go get a gym membership. And statistics say by the second week of February, most people have quit. Amen. Amen. Why? Because their first week on the treadmill, they didn't see a big change. Right? The third week, they didn't see a big change. It's what you do consistently. If you can hold out for six months, you'll see a change. Or less, but you understand, for preaching purposes, if you can hold out for six months, you'll see a change. And then you'll understand what consistency is doing. I've told people for years, they'll say, yeah, but I need things to change now. Now, wait a minute. It took you 15 years to get into that mess. Give God six months to get you out. But Right? But I have to be consistent with it. And so even with the principles that we teach and we preach, uh, saying, confession, declaring, it's, it's not confession that changes things. It's consistent confession. When people are around you, they should hear you six months from now saying the same thing that you say now. 
Five years from now, it should be the same. The thing that blesses me, I'll listen to to messages of my pastor from 20, 25 years ago, and he's saying the same thing 25 years ago that he's saying today. It hasn't changed. Well, why doesn't it change? If it works, why change it? Right? And so our saying, our saying, we have to keep saying it. And, and I want to read you something because I've been, I've been looking at some things. And uh, I want to read to you from uh, Brother Cap's book, God's Creative Power. But, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it was through the, the ministry of Charles Capps that our life changed because we didn't have anything. And uh, uh, I remember we got two series from him, uh, one called Faith, Law, of the New Covenant, and another one called Calling Things That Are Not As Though They Were. And they, they, for whatever reason, they had them discounted. I don't know why. I think sometimes it was just because God knew we didn't have any money. And, and so we got a hold of them. And I remember that little apartment we were in, and I set that, that tape player up, and I listened to that. And I remember listening. Michelle was working uh, in uh, the grocery store at the time, working nights. And she would go to work, and I would stay there with the kids, and I'd put them to bed, and I'd be listening to those tapes. And I remember going, listening to those tapes, going through my Bible, thinking, if this is true, my life's about to change. Amen. Because... It's when you're saying, and if you're here Wednesday night, we'll deal more with that. Or if you're listening Wednesday night. But God has given you a method of taking control of anything in your life. It's your mouth. People say, my thoughts are just running away with me. God has given you a method of taking control of your mind. It's called your mouth. You cannot think and talk at the same time. That's evidence because some people talk before they think. And it's evident. Right? But notice this. Whose words will you establish on earth? Some time ago, the Lord said something to me because we've been declaring uh, that, that this that the world has been facing, that it will be over much sooner than anyone thinks. We've been declaring that the fifth month, the grace of God will be shown. And, and God said something to me where all of that was concerned. He said there are believers that are going about and they're establishing what the devil is saying. And he asked me that question. Then it was interesting. I opened this book to study it some more. And I saw that same question in the book. Whose words are you going to establish? The Bible never tells you to fill your mouth with the problem and go establish that. It tells us to put the word of God in our mouth and go establish that. Right? In, in, in the book, first words matter, last words stand. Shameless plug, right? Got a new one coming out. Every day's a faith day. Hallelujah. But here's, here's the point. We, God gave us the illustration of the person that's going to work every day. And they're going to work every day and they're getting ready to get on the highway. And they start, oh, I hate traffic. Oh, this traffic. Oh, this 435 traffic. My goodness, this triangle traffic. My Lord, why don't they? I hate this traffic. Oh, it's miserable. I hate it. 
And the Lord gave me that, that illustration. Now, every day when they go to get on that on-ramp onto the freeway, those words are waiting on them. And, and the closer they get to the highway, the closer they get to 435, if that's what you want to say, the more upset they become. Because they have established something at that point of reference. I hate traffic. I hate it. It's miserable. But then right on the other hand, there's another person that when they get on the highway, that the backup doesn't bother them. The slowdown doesn't bother them. They're praying in the Holy Ghost. They're spending that time to listen to the Word. They're, they're establishing the Word of God. See, whose words are you going to establish? Amen. Spoken words program your spirit for either success or defeat. I'm going to read these next few things just directly out of the book. So spoken words program your spirit for success or defeat. Why are you saying it's hard? You're programming your spirit to struggle. What did Isaiah say? The Lord told Isaiah, don't say it's hard like they say it's hard. Don't call hard what they are calling hard. Right? Say out loud, it doesn't have to be hard. But I'm, I'm the establishing witness. And if I establish that it's hard, if I establish that there's struggle, right? See, it's more than just negative and positive. Your words establish things. The reason why negativity happens to negative speaking people is they are establishing that in their life. You can avoid negative words, but then say things like, it's hard, I always struggle, this time of year is bad, oh this, oh that. I can't tell you how many pastors that I've talked to over the years, they say, oh, summer's bad for finances, isn't it? I would never agree with that. We don't have any bad seasons for finances. You got to establish it. Amen. And that didn't just happen. Over 22 years, we've kept that in our mouth. We thrive, we flourish. Try that out. Say, we thrive and we flourish. Now, see, you've just established that. And, and whatever you say, let it stay said. Am I helping you? He went on and he said something. This, this blessed me so much. He said, in August of 73, the word of the Lord came to me saying, if men would believe me, long prayers are not necessary. Just speaking the word will bring what you desire. Now, he didn't say you don't need to pray. He's talking about long prayers over the things you need. Just speaking the word will bring what you desire. My creative power is given to man in word form. My creative power is given to man in word form. That's why as believers we have the ability to call those things that be not as though they were. Because I'm creating it with the words of my mouth. Amen. He said, I have ceased for a time from my work 
and have given man the book of my creative power. And he said, the power is still in my word. This is what you got to establish in the earth. When we, when we say things like, I am more than a conqueror, that's not just a statement about who we are in Christ and something that we need to confess to make ourselves feel good. You're establishing something. I am always more than a conqueror. Right? What, what, are, what you establish. When, when we were going to adopt Lily, and, and I've talked about this in the, in the message step by step, right? And, and I made the statement that God will give you a scripture, but He will give you something to say. And the scripture he gave me was in the book of Proverbs where it says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and as the rivers of water he turns it whichever way he desires. And I took that judge's name and put it in there and said judge so and so's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it. And the Lord told me every time you think about that process you declare it is simple and easy and it will all go our way. Now, there's people that will hear that and say, yeah, that's the way to keep positive. I'm establishing something. It just happens to be that what I'm establishing is something positive. So before I ever entered that courtroom, those words were there waiting on me to make it simple and easy. Now, that may seem elementary, but 15 minutes later, she was adopted. She was ours. Amen. Do you see this? He went on and said, For it to be effective, man must speak it in faith. Jesus spoke it when He was on the earth, and as it worked then, so it shall work now, but it must be spoken by His body. Man must rise up And have dominion over the power of evil in my words. By my words. It is my greatest desire that my people create a better life by the spoken word. The Lord said this in 1973 to Brother Charles. He said, it's my greatest desire that my people create a better life for for them through the spoken word. Amen. For my word has not lost its power just because it has been spoken once. It is still equally as powerful today as it was when I said, let there be light. But for my word to be effective, for the third time he says, men must speak it. And that creative power will come forth performing that which is spoken in faith. And then he made this statement that I've heard a lot of people quote, but they kind of cherry pick it and just pull it out of its context. He said, my word is not void of power. My people are void of speech. And that's where people leave it. But the Lord went on and said, they hear the world and speak as the world speaks. By observing circumstances, they've lost sight of the Word. Do you see that? So it's not just enough 
to, to use that one phrase, my word's not void of power, my people are void of speech. He said, here's the problem. They hear what the world says and they start talking that way. I've said from the beginning, this is the world's virus. It's not my virus. I don't have anything to give you. Amen. Are you following me? That, that, that's what you got. It, and, and it's not making light of what's happening and what's happening to people. That people have died. But here's the point. I'm not going to get over there and start establishing it in my life. Right? He went on and said this. They even speak the words the enemy says. Now listen. And they destroy their own inheritance by corrupt communication of fear and unbelief. Now see, the reason you want to say what God says instead of what the devil says is because when you say what the devil says, you're corrupting your own inheritance. You're destroying it. Amen. So I've got to not only say what the Word says, I've got to keep saying it. Amen? Now, I'm not going to take very long. Look at Hebrews 3. Because I'm here all week, so I can just pick up Wednesday if I want. I don't know. If I didn't give you all a full lunchbox tonight, you'd feel cheated. <laughs> what? Somebody mumbled under their breath. Feel, feel like my mother. Would you say? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's what you consistently say that will come to pass. If a person says they are trusting God, well, let me say it this way. If you're saying you're trusting God, if you're not saying it, you're not trusting. Because I have to say it. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. The Roost Bible says, consider attentively and thoughtfully the ambassador and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Our confession. That word profession, of course, means confession, and it means what one confesses or what one declares, all right? And then the Moose Bible says, consider attentively and thoughtfully the ambassador and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Then, in Hebrews 4 and verse 14, he says, seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us notice Hold fast our profession or our confession. The Revised Standard says, let us hold fast our confession. So notice this, that we're to hold fast to what we've confessed. Now, in its perfect context, it's talking about the confession of our faith where salvation is concerned, but it's your confession of faith wherever it's concerned. And he says, I have to hold fast to what I have confessed. 
That's why I say, whatever you have said, let it stay said. You've got to hold fast. Remember that word, that phrase, hold fast, from our teaching on uh, uh, In the Consistency Lies the Power two Sundays ago. It means to seize. It means to be obstinate about it. About what you've said, be obstinate about what you've declared. It means to seize, to lay hold, to hold on to. All right? He says to hold fast or be obstinate about what I have confessed. It's okay to be stubborn about what you've said. Amen. If we don't hold fast to what we've confessed, we'll never see it manifest in our lives. You just, you just won't. Because I've got to hold on to it. It's not what you say only. It's what you, it's what you say and hold on to. This is the way it's going to go. This is how it's going to be. This is the direction it's going to go. That's why James does what? He likens your tongue, your speech, your, your, your words to the rudder on a ship. And he said, even though that rudder is a very small part of that ship, comparatively speaking, it still turns that great ship wherever the governor wants it to go. Right? So in comparison to the other parts of your body, the tongue is a very small member, but yet James says it will turn your life whichever direction you have it going. Right? Words are spirit. They never die. They have to be replaced. Because they come out of your spirit. Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when somebody says, dear God, we're going under, and then they go, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, they did. It came out of their heart, according to Jesus. Amen. Well, pastor, I just believe, you know, slip of the tongue is possible, and you can't, you know, you don't necessarily mean everything you say. Well, uh, somebody's lying. You're Jesus, and I choose you. Because Jesus don't lie. And he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, this thing's going wrong. Oh, it's never going to change. Is it ever going to end? Nothing's going right. Can't things turn around? And the ship is going that direction. Now those words will keep that ship going that way. Because the last thing you said is the direction that things are going. Now to turn it, according to James, I've got to say something else. I've got to repent. Lord, forgive me for saying nothing's going right. I declare everything is going my way. Yeah, but that will that turn around? Not overnight, but immediately the governor which is your spirit, which is your tongue, begins to turn the wheel on that ship and things start turning. Amen. Big things and little things. He used the analogy of a bit in a horse's mouth. It's easier to turn a horse than it is to turn a boat, turn a ship. 
One's big, one's not so big. But here's the thing. Comparatively speaking, you've got a, a, a man that's very small in, rel- in relativity to that ship and weighs a lot less than that horse weighs, yet if he controls that horse's mouth, he can turn him around. Amen. You control your mouth, you'll control your life. You control your mouth, you'll control your finances. You'll control your health. Amen. Because words are primarily given as a conveyance of authority. Not for communication. To exercise dominion. To exercise authority. And the words that you're declaring, the words that you're saying, the words that you're speaking, when you say them, let them stay said. Because they're working. They never stop working. When you say, I'm blessed, I'm out of debt, my needs are met, and you go to bed tonight, those words are still working. And when you get up in the morning, those words are still working. They never stop working. Why? Because we sang it tonight. We're in charge. And what we say carries the authority of the kingdom. But you got to hold fast to it. Amen. In uh, Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Am I helping you? And verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Notice he had something to it without wavering for or because he's faithful that promised. Mm. Do you see that? The Roos Bible says, let us constantly be holding fast our confession of the hope. Doing so without wavering, for faithful is he that promised. Now notice, his ability to be faithful is tied to your faithfulness to what you've said. Do you see that? And he says, hold fast without wavering. That word wavering... Not inclining, not leaning, it means to be unmoved. Not inclining, not leaning. Uh, uh, in James, where it talked about he's a man of two minds, a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. All right? It, it, it carries the idea of a guy that's leaning one way or the other. Today, he's leaning this way. You know, have you ever talked to people like that? Well, I was thinking that way, but now I'm kind of leaning towards this. Unstable. Right? Mm. Now, why hold fast without wavering? Let me say this. Thank you, Lord. What keeps me from inclining or leaning or wavering? What I've said. No, this is what I've said. I'm staying with this. Right? Amen. 
Was there enough power in this phrase? Let us go over to the other side. Was there enough power in that declaration to get through that storm? There was. What stopped the power of those words? Their fear. They didn't hold fast. Jesus held fast his confession and went to sleep. Amen. That's why we say, what do we say about praying the word? If something's in the word, you don't pray about it. You claim it. You take it. I I don't have to pray about healing. I don't even have to ask the Lord to heal me. It's in the book. It's mine. Lord, I thank you I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Right? But, But you can't just get sick and do that having never held fast to your confession about healing. It's going to be hard. Right? Now, why hold fast without wavering? Because He's faithful who promised. He will do what He said as we hold fast our confession without wavering. Say it out loud. He'll do what He said when I hold fast to my confession. Amen. What have you said over certain things in your life? Okay, he'll do what he said. Right? Amen. I pull up to either one of our churches and I look at my wife and I go, well, here we are at one of the great churches in our county. Not the only great one, but one of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? What, what, why is that important? People will go, well, yeah, you know, that's the way to be positive. No, it's, it's you are naming it. You are declaring what that thing is. If you say it's hard, it's hard. Nobody can change that for you. It can be the simplest thing in the world, but it's going to be hard for you. Because you said it's hard. Amen. It can be the hardest thing in the world and be simple for you. Because you say it's simple. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Sister Lori, uh, Brother Dave's mom, just had a a procedure done here uh, the other day. And we were declaring over it simple and easy. Simple and easy. You know, the doctor came, Dave was telling me today, and the doctor said, yeah, we got everything. He said, it's simple and easy. Sure was. Because those were the words in that operating room. Those were the words that were there. It's simple and easy. Yeah, but they said there could be complications. Yeah, but we're declaring simple and easy. You're the establishing witness. What you say is what's established. You can't establish anything in my life. I'm the establishing witness. Whatever you say, I can root it up and pluck it up and throw it away. Because my life is my life. Am I making sense? That's why I've told you throughout this whole situation, nobody can tell you how to feel. Nobody can tell you what's normal. I don't have to feel abnormal because the world feels abnormal. Am I helping you? Just like like, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit told me to tell Josh and Amy, they can't tell you what to believe. Doctor can't tell you what to believe. What do you believe? 
If you say it, you believe it. Amen. And so when they said, our child will not die, but he will live. His heart is whole and sound. And they started with this. We believe that if he gets the operation, it can be successful. That's where they started. Amen. This is what we believe. And and the doctors didn't think that. But this is what we believe. Amen. And they went through with the procedure and guess what? They got what they believed. And now not only is that little fat kid home and growing, he's got a baby brother. Amen. So how do you go from bundle your child up, take him home, he's going to die, spend the last few hours you have with him, to a fat, bouncing, healthy kid that's now a baby, a a big brother? How do you go from he's going to die to he's thriving and living because you held fast to what you said? This is how it's going to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. That, that, that's how I know everybody in this room, you're going to come out of whatever you're in better than you went into it. You're going to come out on the other side thriving and flourishing. Why? Because that's how it works. For us, that's how it works. Amen. And, and you just keep that in your mouth. Mm-mm-mm. And, and you know that that can happen for anybody amen I, I've dealt with people over the years and it's not a knock against anybody but I've, I've just dealt with people over the years and they would need healing they would need God to do something in their body and they would say things like this well yeah, yeah I know God's a healer That's, you can't hold fast to that. Because there are sinners that will say they know God's a healer. I've run into rank sinners. I mean rank sinners. Y'all know what a rank sinner is? I mean rank. Where I'm from, West Texas, if you say somebody's rank, it means they stink. Right? Oh, he's rank. Hallelujah. So I've run into sinners that were such sinners, they smelled like a sinner. They stunk. And, and even they would say, well, you know now, brother, I believe in the power of God because I've seen God do things and I watched Him do this and I've seen God heal people. Now, they won't live for Him. But believers will go, well, yeah, I know God can heal. They'll, they'll even agree with you. Yep, yep, yep. You're, you're declaring, I'll live and not die. I'll not die, but I'll live and declare the works of the Lord. And they'll go, yes, 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 yes. Yes is not confession. Right? That's mental assent. That's agreement that the word is true. That's, that's, that's acknowledging, yes, the word is true. But that's not heart faith. Confession is born out of heart faith. But you got to hold fast to it. How is it going to end up? Uh, better than it's ever been. Then hold on to that. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything is going my way. Amen. 
whatever it may be. Well, you, well, you know, I'm going for this job interview and I, I really need this job. And, and okay, but that's not a confession. I really need this job. It'd really be nice to have this job. Amen. Father, you said in your word that everything my hands touch will be blessed. That everything that comes under my power will prosper. And I thank you that I'm going after this job and I'm putting this application in and somehow they'll move my application to the top and I'll receive what I'm asking you for. Right? Now, then you hold fast to that. Amen. When, when we first moved to the, the metro years ago, 26 years now, almost 27, and, and I went for that interview at uh, Blue Cross, and, the, and they interviewed me, and, and the, next, the, next, the weekend was Memorial Day, and so uh, I didn't get to go back in. They called me back a week or so later and for the second interview, and I finally went in the third interview. They hired me. And the COO of the company, uh, Lori Hoy, H-O-Y was her name, wonderful woman. But she looked at me and she said, well, you know, we're going to give you the job. She said, "Uh, I didn't want to hire you. Too bad. (laughs) That's exactly right. I needed a job. And I knew just enough about my words to cause the devil a fit. And I would declare, that's my job. I have that job. I'm going to, I'd drive by that company and say, I'm going to work there. I'm working there in the name of Jesus. Amen. And did. And did for the next number of years. Amen. You got to keep saying it. Amen. Somebody say, answer it. Answer it. See, see, the key is that you learn how to answer. Notice something. Is this Okay. Luke chapter 4. I want you to see something. The key is in you answering it. You know, we were talking about tithers' rights today. You got to declare that all the time. I have tithers' rights. Amen. I can't be devoured. I have tithers' rights. Everything's going my way. I have tithers' rights. Amen. I was a sinner serving Satan, but I've transferred my allegiance to the kingdom of God. And Jesus is now my Lord. I've been transferred from the lordship of Satan, the power of Satan. I've been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I've been translated from darkness to light. Right? And you're saying that all the time. When you give your tithe, you're waving that check before the Lord or whatever you're doing. And you're saying, I was a sinner serving Satan, but I am now under the lordship of Jesus and I claim my tither's rights. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying this for you to say, oh, look at what pastor does. I've learned over the years, if I don't keep my confession and what I'm saying lined up with what the Word of God says, it gives the enemy some wiggle room, and you don't want him wiggling around in your stuff. Amen? Notice this. Chapter 4 of Luke, and, and, and you've read this, but I want you to see something. Verse 3, the devil said to him, I'm not going to read all of the the verses, I just want you to see. Verse 3, the devil said, verse 4, Jesus answered. Verse 6, the devil said, verse 8, Jesus answered. 
Hallelujah. Verse 8, or verse 9, the devil said, verse 12, Jesus answered. Is that how it reads in your Bible? So the devil said three times, and Jesus answered specifically three times. You got you to answer. When doubt talks, you have to answer. When poverty talks, you got to answer. When, when your body wants to rebel, you got to answer. When, when circumstances try to look hard, you got to answer. Amen. There, there's no such thing as a believer that's trusting God and not saying something. This is the Son of God, our model, our example, our master. And the enemy said, and notice, Jesus didn't just say, oh, he's nothing to worry about. You know, don't worry about him. Let him talk. Oh, he's just running his mouth. Those words have power. And when the enemy tried to convince him to prove that he was the Son of God or, or to tempt God or whatever it was, he answered with the Word. Well, it don't look like you're ever going to get that. Get, you're, you're never going to get that job. Oh, yes, I am. Everything I touch prospers. You're answering. Amen. Amen. Hey, Doc, how much longer is it going to be before y'all get what you're believing for? Oh, we got it. Oh, we got it. Yeah, but I don't see it yet. That's irrelevant. I have what I say. Is that right? Jesus said you'd have what you say. Mm-mm-mm. James 1. Whew. I've preached myself happy. I do that a lot. That's the rule of the kingdom. Preach yourself happy. No, we're really going to look at the rule of the kingdom right here. But notice, verse 5, James 1. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, upbraideth not, it will be given to him. Now, now wait a minute. That's, that's not just a nice verse. If you need wisdom, then what you're saying is I have asked for wisdom and I've received it. But you know how many times I hear people say this? Well, you know, I just need God to give me wisdom. He said right here, if you lack, ask and it'll be given. Right? But let him ask of faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind to toss. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Notice verse 5. If you lack wisdom, let him ask. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. You got to ask. That's what he said. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. If, if you don't ask, you'll never receive. And how do you ask, by the way? How? You, you can say it a little louder. How? With your words, right? You don't go up to somebody and ask them something and go, and they're going, amen. I used to ask my kids that. My youngest uh, daughter, second, uh, Angela, my third, uh, yeah, third, second daughter, 
my goodness, when she wanted to get a job, she, there'd be someplace hiring. And, and I'd take her down to fill out an application. And I said, uh, well, you know, did you, did you get the application filled out? Well, they didn't say anything. Did you ask? Did you ask? Or, or, or I'd drop her off someplace and say, well, go in here and see if they're hiring. And she'd come back and say, well, I don't think they are. Did you ask? Well, no, then you don't know. Right? you got to go ask. Do you know it costs you nothing to ask? Even in the natural, it doesn't cost you anything to ask. Well, what if they say no? Big whoop, they said no. Right? You have to grow to the point where you have no problem asking for the kingdom. Because there are things that people want to give and things that people want to bless you with and you got to ask for them. Right? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, what do you need to ask for? There's people out there that have things you want and all they're waiting on is somebody to ask them for them. Amen. I have a friend in... Uh, uh, Fullerton, California, Art Aragon, and uh, uh, some years ago, he's not in this building anymore, but some years ago, uh, there was this entertainment venue that, that it had went bankrupt, and, and uh, nobody was in it. Man, it would just make a perfect church, and uh, uh, he just asked for it, just asked for it, and uh, uh, the Green family called him up, you know, on Hobby Lobby and Mardell's. And the Green family called him up and said, we heard you were wanting that building. He said, yes, I am. And they said, well, how can we help you? And he said, you can buy it. And they said, okay. And they bought the building and gave it to him. They paid millions of dollars and gave it away. That Happens to me all the time. Right? Amen. Isn't that great? Pastor Caldwell sitting on that stump overlooking that what, what then was just a hill on Napa Valley Drive in Little Rock, Arkansas and looking over those 12 acres and he was praying, asking the Lord what to do. And the Lord said, go offer him this amount of money. And so he went and went to this, this conglomerate, this group that owned that property. And they said, no. They said, number one, that's not enough money for that property. And number two, we really don't want to sell it. So he went back and sat down on that stump. And he said, now what? The Lord said, wait three weeks and go offer him 10000 less. So he waited three weeks and went and asked them for that property, asked them for the property at $10,000 less, and they said, okay. And then he proceeded to build a building debt-free on that property. Amen. Because that's what God asked him to do. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. And James says that when you ask, you ask and then notice Nothing wavering. That word wavering means to separate, to withdraw from one, or to stagger. You can't allow yourself to be separated from what you've said. 
You and your confession are one. This is what I've said and this is what I'm staying with. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Do you see that? Mm. But, but, but I've got to ask. Asking is words. Right? Lord, give me that. And I've had people say, well, you just think God will give you anything. No, God thinks He'll just give me anything. God's the one that said that. Isn't that right? And you can't be claiming, go claiming somebody's wife or husband or something like that. But the, <laughs> don't be silly. <laughs> Lord, I'm asking you, give me that woman. You don't know what you're asking for. You better talk to her husband first. <laughs> <laughs> He might say, brother, that's God. <laughs> no, he won't. No, he won't. Help him, Jesus. Help him. Give him wisdom. Amen. That's a little humor, very little. Look at Romans 4. Amen. But notice, you can't be separated from it. I've watched over the years... And, and I've done it. Let, Lord, let, that's right, Lord. I'll use myself as an example. I've become separated from things before. And I'd say, Lord, why isn't this moving? And he would let me know, you've become separated from your confession. The Lord told Charles Caps, he said, your words are to your faith like thrust is to an airplane. When you start, when you cease to keep saying it's, it's like throttling back the power in that plane. Well, eventually, it's going to fall out of the air because thrust is what keeps it moving forward. Your confession keeps you moving forward. It keeps, it keeps you moving, moving ahead. Amen. And in Romans 4, verse 17, familiar verse, but notice, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, one translation says that Abraham became like unto God, like unto him that he believed, who quickeneth the dead, calls those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years older, the deadness of Sarah's womb, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Staggered not is the same word for wavering in James 1. Abraham did not become separated from what God had said. Mm. God said, I've made you the father of many nations. Okay, then I'm the father of many nations. And he didn't become separated from that. What, Lord, let me say it this way. Let me, let me say this. God had established it by promise. I promise I've made you the father of many nations. But Abraham had to call it in re into reality by mixing faith with God's word. There are promises in the word that you got to call into reality by mixing faith with the word. 
Because the promises are there for every one of us. But there are people that receive them and people that don't. The people that do are those that call them into reality by mixing faith. Every time you declare what God said, it's an act of your faith. You're mixing faith with the word. Amen. This is your blender. Right? Amen. I was, I was making some uh, uh, garlic mashed potatoes the other night. And, 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 and you know, I'd steamed them and took them out and took that potato masher and mashed them up. But they weren't, they weren't smooth enough, so I took some soy milk and put some soy milk in them, got out the blender. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't no lumps in those potatoes. Amen. Just think about that. You keep calling things that be not as though they were, boy, there's not going to be any lumps in that. Because every time you think about it, you're putting your mouth on it. Right? Amen. The world, believers that don't believe right, they're putting their effort into it. You're putting your mouth on it. Amen. And, and, and you're taking that blender called your tongue and you're whipping that thing smooth. Glory to God. And, and, and so then the bumps and, and, the, and the obstacles, you're breaking them down because you're not becoming separated. So God had made Abraham a promise, but Abraham had to declare it. Abraham had to unite by faith to it and call it into reality. So everything God promised you, it's God's intention to do it. But I have to call it into reality, into my life. Amen. Hallelujah. So how, how do you know you're, you're going to thrive and not just survive? How do you know you're going to flourish? Because you're saying it. Right? Years ago when I taught that, that, that series, every day is a faith day. Amen. Faith for advancement. That's, that's, that's what the Lord quickened to me when I read Mark eleven twenty two, 22, where Jesus said in the King James, have faith in God. And the Woos Bible says, have faith in God continually. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, every day is a faith day. You got to get up every day and you're putting your faith to work. Well, how do you put your faith to work? The Bible says in the book of Luke that faith is the servant of the believer. And then he tells us how to put our servant faith to work. He said, you tell it what to do. Is that what it said? It said, which of you having a servant that when you come in from work, that, 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 that the servant will say, well, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat first. He said, do you think that you would be okay with that? He said, no, I don't think so. He said, you would tell your servant, you sit down and you make ready for me and then afterwards you eat. And he was talking about faith, having the faith of God. So every day when you get up, you with your mouth, you say, okay, faith, here's what we're doing today. Go get it done. Well, what if it doesn't happen that day? Well, see, well, see, you've established something. You've established it's not going to happen. And so when you do that, your servant faith goes, I'm okay, I won't do anything. <laughs> right? So God had established it by promise. Let me say this. Everything that God has promised you is established by His promise. 
I have to bring it into reality. Amen. We, we, the scripture we declare over our churches, that in those days the house of God will be a blessing to all nations and the nations will stream into that house. Right? Constantly declaring that over the, the, the churches. Why? Because that's what God said we're going to be. We're going to raise up a spiritual production center producing life, city, state, nation, and world. Amen. Hallelujah. People say, how's things going at this at the age you're at? Oh, these are the most fruitful years of my ministry. Why? He said 50 and beyond were the most fruitful years of my ministry. I guess it took me to 50 to know something, I guess. I don't know. I thought I was pretty smart before. Anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. I used to tell people you got to be 20 till you know something. God told me you got to be 50. So, I... so if any of y'all in here are not 50 yet, you don't know nothing. Amen. <laughs> I'm joking. But amen. Right? But why, why, why do we want to say that? Because that's what God said. Let me finish. 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. 1 Corinthians 1. Are you receiving tonight? Oh, I believe God. And notice this, 27, 1, 27, 1 Corinthians 1, 27. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world. And things which are despised has God chosen. And things which are not to bring to nothing things that are. God uses spiritual forces which are not seen to nullify things that are seen. Amen. That's the biblical principle of calling things that are not as though they were. It's taking things that are not and bringing to nothing things that are. Amen. Whatever it may be. Whatever the opposition may be. Hallelujah. Do you see this? You know... The bigger the thing is that you're believing for. Lord, help me say this right. The bigger the thing is that you're believing for, the more pressure you keep on it. It's not, it's not effort as it is pressure. You just keep the pressure on it. Why? Because the things that are, that may be holding it back, are being nullified by the things that are not. Amen. Do you see that? If, uh, if you're believing for a house, if you're believing uh, for something on that scale... Well, not only do you have to, to claim houses, Scripture says, 
as part of, part of our right. He said, he said that we could expect that. You, you, you've got to declare those things, those scriptures that I would go over every day. I thank you, Lord, that our house is filled with all pleasant and precious riches. I thank you, Father, that wisdom has builded her seven pillars. I thank you, Father, that your word says wisdom has built her house. I thank you, Lord. And I made the declaration at the end every day. Lord, I thank you for our beautiful brick home that will be everything we want it to be. And we will be settled there and be moved no more in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you following me? What is it every day that's putting pressure on that home, wherever it is, to show up? To either take me to it or it to me. Amen. Are you with me? And, and you're just putting the pressure on that. Because you're calling those things that be not as though they were. And anything that's trying to hinder that, you're bringing that to nothing with your words. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, we started looking. The Lord gave us permission to go look for a house. And I was talking to somebody this morning. And, and I said, you know, for years we were satisfied in an apartment. We didn't want a house. And, and one day the Lord just started dealing with both of us. And so uh, uh, we had been declaring these things, and we started looking. We, we were looking around Little Rock there, and, and uh, 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 you know, we would see some, but uh, just wasn't anything that, that, you know, that cranked our tractor. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we, we just, <laughs> and so we just didn't, you know, and, and we finally, we saw one, and, you know, it was kind of nice. And, and, and we had an inspector come out, and there was all kind of things that needed to be worked on. Well, I'm not going to do that. And uh, the Lord kept saying to us, he kept, I, I, I kept hearing this, this word, and, and Pastor Michelle kept hearing this word, uh, Maumel, Maumel, M-A-U-M-E-L-L-E, Maumel. Well, Maumel, Arkansas is across the river. It's, it's like 15 minutes from Ar- uh, Little Rock across the Arkansas River. And uh, so we finally told our realtor, you know, let's expand our search and look at Maumel. And so he said, okay. And the first day, the very first day that uh, uh, he took us out to look, and uh, we, we saw this house, and we set up an appointment to go, to go see it. And uh, uh, when we sat there on the hill overlooking our home, we both asked the Lord, is that our house? Amen. And the Lord said, that's your house. So we immediately said, Lord, thank you that 106 Ponca Drive is our home. That's it. I'm, I'm not oversimplifying it. I'm t- I, I, my job is to be an example to help. I'm, I'm not bragging on me. I believe God, but remember, I know whose faith it is. I know whose word produced the faith. God did it. God did this. All right, I, I just believe God. You haven't done very a big thing if you believed God. Right? Amen. But I'm telling you how, how it works. You keep the pressure on it. And, and our realtor called and said, well, you know, he said, these were his words. He said, somebody else is sneaking around looking at that house. And, and he told my wife that, and she got off the phone with him, told me what he said. I said, it doesn't matter who's sneaking where. That's my house. 
Amen. That's my house. It's got the floors. Now watch. It's got the floors you want. It's got the colors you want. It's, it's my house, but it's got everything you want. Dave, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. But, 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 but now look, here's the, here's the point that I want to go to. Our realtor was standing out there looking at us, and he said, this house in this neighborhood for the price you're getting it for, unheard of. No, it's not. It's what happens in the kingdom. It's what happens in the kingdom. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Whatever you need, it's out there. And it's just what you want. And it can come to you at a discounted price. But even if they don't want to discount the price, God will give you whatever you need to bring it to you. I wasn't looking for a deal, but they gave me one anyway. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so I went from living in a two-bedroom apartment to a house so big it echoes when you talk. Amen. I had a guy in the church, he does landscaping. I had him come out to, to look and look at things and give me some ideas. And he stood at the old road and he goes, Pastor, you have a big house. I know I do. Praise God. Amen. Not bragging, I'm just saying. Lord, forgive me. I said I wouldn't say that again. I publicly ask you to forgive me. I'm never just saying in the name of Jesus. I'm saying to you that the way it works is that when you begin to declare whatever is trying to stop it, those words that are not, that can't, are not bring to nothing what you see. Amen. 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 Folks, I'm going to end with this. You see me closing my Bible. Means nothing in reality, but because I still have more notes. Hallelujah. But no, I'm not going to read that. But uh, I heard Brother Hagin say something one time. And he said, whatever you're believing God for costs the same it's always cost. Just cost faith. That's it. All it costs is faith. If you'll spend your time building your faith, there's nothing you can't have. Amen. Well, you know, I'd, I'd like a new this or I'd like a new that. I'd like a new house. Where do you want to live? What, what, what area do you want it in? Yeah, but, you know, I'd like it in that area, but those houses are pricey. Well, no, wait a minute. That's not what we ask. Where do you want to live? Right? Because faith brings you what you want, not what you can afford. Faith makes up for what you can afford. I'm not talking about being silly. You understand that? I believe I'm talking to seasoned folks. But, right? So you're driving through a neighborhood, and you say, well, I really don't like this neighborhood, but that's all we can afford. You have established that now in your life. That's all you can afford. So you're destined to live in a neighborhood you don't like, in a place you don't care for, because after all, that's what we can afford. Right? 
Amen. But when you start making a decision based on what you desire, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Is that right? Not can afford. What, what do you desire? Whatever it may be. I, I know uh, uh, Pastor Mark and, and Pastor Angela are, are getting close to being in their building. Believing that when this, this uh, season is over, they're going to be moving into their building. Amen? Amen. And, and it'll be easier than anybody thinks. Amen. And it'll be more cost efficient than anybody thinks. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it, it can be a building, it can be a house, it can be a car, it can be a job. I'm imploring you as we move on into this month of grace and, and the year of, do you, you do remember the year that it is, right? Amen. Expectation. Manifestation. And transformation. Amen. Right? As you're moving into that, I'm, I'm imploring you, don't limit God. What does He want to do for you? Yeah, but you know, we're, we're, almost, in, we're mo- almost halfway through this year. I realize that. And, and we have a God that, you know, it just, it, it took him, I mean, it took him six whole days to create everything that you see. You know, people say, why did it take him six days? I don't know, because he wanted it to take him six days. That's ignorance gone to seed, people ask a question like that. How come it took God six days if he can do anything? <laughs> what? He can improve your intelligence too. He, if you just ask for wisdom, he'll help you. <laughs> I'm like Lily and them spicy wraps. We, we go to Tropical Smoothie and she goes, I want a spicy wrap. It's, it's not spicy, but it's just, it's a little tasty. I'm feeling kind of spicy tonight. Dance with me, Lampy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Woo! Feeling kind of wobbly in my knees. Praise God. Where was I at? Don't limit God. <laughs> I remember. But I really, I implore you, don't limit God. Don't settle. Amen. When, let me finish with this, with one more house analogy, and we'll be done. When you're, when you're planning your home, you don't go through your home and select the cheapest flooring. You want the best. Because it's got to last. It's got to look good. Right? Amen. When, when you're selecting a dining room table, you know, you don't, you don't uh, go down to Bud's refurbished land and, and, and just, you know, grab something. You want something that when people walk in your home, they're going to go, oh, my goodness, that dining room looks beautiful, and, and isn't that a nice table? And it's not about, uh, right? You don't want to limit it. If, if you're going to have it, you might as well have the best. Is that right? Can I tell you your faith will get you the best? 
It'll bring it to you. You just don't limit God. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Well, let's stand up tonight. Good to see everybody. We appreciate you being with us at our limited ability together, but that's not going to last much longer. Amen. Amen. The governor of, of Arkansas is going to uh, make some announcements tomorrow. We're believing restrictions are going to be further lifted for the Little Rock campus. Uh, I know Governor Kelly has said some things in Kansas, but, you know, uh, folks, you got to keep it in your mind. They're not trying to stop us from getting together. Uh, they're, they're just doing what they know to do to, to try to limit stuff in the natural. But here we are. I mean, we shouted and danced and praised the Lord and had a good time tonight, and we'll just keep having a good time. Amen. Amen. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, be here Wednesday ministering. If you uh, uh, can't join us or whatever the case may be, be sure and watch us live stream. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Oh, God is good. Father, you're good to us. Lord, we just want to take just one moment before we go home tonight and say we recognize that every good thing, you did it. You did it for us. Father, you have preserved us. Lord, it said in your word, Lord, Joseph said this. He said, God, preserve me alive for this season. <laughs> Father, you have preserved us for the season that we're living in. Lord, we thank you that your great grace is going to be shown in this fifth month. And that people that have largely forgotten you will know through the church, that it was you that showed them this grace. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for it. We glorify you for it. We magnify you for it. In the name of Jesus.